name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. My beloved, today is the first Sunday of the blessed month of Imshir. And during this month, the church's focus is on the food that the Lord Jesus, or the Savior, has come to offer us. And you'll find most of the readings of this month will come from John chapter 6, which speaks about the Eucharist, speaks about his uh, body and blood. Um, but before he, he begins to speak about his body and blood, he, we read in verse 27, I'll focus on this uh, this week, where he says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. So he makes a contrast between two types of food. One food is what we labor for and it perishes, and the other food we labor for, but it endures into everlasting life. And when we think of what food provides for us, it provides for us nourishment to our bodies for it to grow, and it's you know necessary for us to have a healthy uh, body. Um, and when we think about the two types, whether it perishes or endures, when we think of something that causes the body to perish, this is something that causes the body to get sick. So I want to speak a little bit this morning about those uh, dangerous influences that we expose our soul to or that make us, our souls, sick. So I'll speak about those uh, these few things this morning. The first one is the pursuit of wealth and money can make the soul sick. Look what the Lord says on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, chapter 6. We're familiar with this passage. He says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else who be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and money. If we look at the, you know, just the landscape around us, and if you ever spent any time online, certainly you've come across some kind of ad or some kind of, you know, something to tell you, hey, if you do this, you can make a lot of money very quickly. Start this kind of business or do this kind of thing. Don't worry about everybody else. They're doing the wrong thing, but you're going to do the right thing when you do it. So we're trying to sell you some way to make money uh, very quickly. And this idea of make money very quickly, this is the same idea of gambling, right? To make money quickly. There's a certain element of risk, a certain element of intrigue, and that attracts the person into something like this. They begin to invest or try to invest in it, and they find themselves losing in the end. Um... Sometimes what's gone a lot of popularity lately is this idea of day trading and stocks, okay? I'm not saying that the stocks are bad, but the, the idea of trying to make money quick. And I spend my day looking and analyzing these stocks, and this is what I consume myself in. If we do this frequently, this can be a type of gambling and a type of addiction when we get into this uh, too much. Or at least it can make the soul sick, and what happens is once we have a little bit of, uh, of success in something like this, the temptation will only grow. You know what? You made $100 yesterday. Keep going. Tomorrow you'll make 200 You make 200 the next day. I got to keep going. And you'll find yourself going pretty deep even when there's risk and loss involved. It's very rare, my beloved, for somebody to be content in the money that they have or the wealth they have. And in this pursuit of this kind of money, it doesn't only make the soul sick, but even, of course, when the soul is sick, the whole body will be sick. It's not, we're not, you know, compartmentalized. 
Our soul and body are united. So what makes the soul sick will also make many other parts of my life sick. What am I willing to exchange for making some money? Am I willing to sacrifice friendships for the sake of making some money or securing some money? Am I willing to sacrifice the time I spend with my family? I go to work and then I come back and I spend the rest of the evening looking at stocks or looking at whatever it is that I'm trying to make money in and I ignore my family and my wife or my husband that's outside? Am I willing to sacrifice my principle? You know, oftentimes to make money in the, like in, in a quick way, there's usually some kind of cheating or stealing or lying going on. And we'll find ourselves coming to a crossroads and saying, you know what, this lie, I can make some money, but and then we start to justify the lie and say, you know what, it's not that bad. It could be worse. An asset min right? I'm better than somebody else. I don't quite go that far. And begin to justify and dabble towards sacrificing my own principle just to make an extra couple of dollars. If you remember, of course, the man, uh, the rich young ruler who came to the Lord and asked what it is that he can do to inherit eternal life. And the Lord said to him, sell what you have and uh, give it to the poor and come after me and follow me. So he invited him to leave this and come and be his disciple. And we know the end result of the disciples were that they had thrones prepared for them in the kingdom of heaven. But he turned away sorrowful because he couldn't. The sickness of the love of money plagued his soul. This is number one. Number two, um, or the second thing that can make our soul sick is the passions. And when I speak about the passions, these are typically things that God has given us as humanity as a gift for us to use in a godly way. And what makes it a passion is the overindulgence in this thing. For example, food is good and we need it for nourishment. But the overindulgence in food is gluttony. Rest. God had given us the night for rest. But then sometimes when the rest or the night is abused, then we get into laziness of the body, where all I want is the comfort of the body. Lust and intoxications. All of these things. God gave us, for example, herbs for med- medical purposes. But the abuse of these and drugs and so on are a plague, you know, to us and sickness to our souls. All of these act as poison to our soul and can cause us to be sick. If I remind you of the story of the passage of Susanna that we read on Apocalypse, it's in the Deuterocanonical books in the book of Daniel. And it speaks about these two judges who were elders who lusted after a woman and they eventually they revealed this to themselves and then they said, okay, let's try and go and commit sin with her. And then ended up, you know, she fled the scene and then they falsely accused her for being with someone else. The end of the day, the people began to believe the judges until Daniel of Case came and he, you know, judged between the two of them. And the same punishment that they wanted to pronounce on her, they themselves received and they were killed because of it. What happened here is the sin of passion began to eat at their soul. And now, unfortunately, Yanni, this sin has gone rampant because of the access to the internet and the, and these ads. You know, the people are, it's not only like if you're looking to do this stuff, you know, you know, you have to go to it. No, now this stuff is coming to you, right? And what's my response? And of course, this algorithm on the internet knows exactly and there, it's following you and just simply pausing at something knows that it got you and it'll begin to feed you more things. So, 
The sin is after us, my beloved, but we have to be very careful because this is a sickness of the soul. We need to reveal this to our father of confession and struggle against these types of sins. Indulging the passions will only increase the craving. And when the craving increases, then this will lead to abuse, addiction, when we begin to um, continue in this sin. And any kind of addiction, my beloved, is a slavery. Where the person feels like, I can't get out. And even, you know, they have people come and they'd be crying because they're addicted, because of their certain addiction and they can't get out. So it's a type of slavery. But look, we went from simply just a sickness of the soul to now a complete enslavement of the soul. Look what St. Paul tells us. He says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So he says to be carnally minded, concerned only about the flesh and fulfilling the passions, leads to what? Death. But he says to be spiritually minded is what? Is life and peace. Both of which we all desire. We desire to live life and to live eternally, and everyone desires or ought to desire to live in peace. But those only for the ones who are spiritually minded. And he continues and says, because the carnal mind is enmity with God. They can't be compatible. The carnal mind is not compatible with God. Why? He says, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. No, the carnal mind can't be subject to God because God says this is wrong, but the carnal mind says, no, this is right, this is what I want to fulfill. And then he says something even worse on top of that. He says, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So I can't please God if I allow the sickness of the passions to begin to take over my soul. Number three, lies. The third sickness is a lie. Many times, many people refer to a lie as a small sin. They'll come and sit down with a buna, and there'll be some big sin that they're ashamed of or they're embarrassed of, and it's really troubling them, and they'll confess this thing, and they feel better. And Abuna says, is there anything else? Oh yeah, and by the way, I lie, I did this. So lying is kind of like the side. It's just, you know, the icing or the sprinkling on the top of my confession. But be careful because every lie can weaken the soul. Look what one of the uh, church fathers, Tertullian, said. He's one of the fathers from the 3rd century, 2nd and 3rd century. He says, the character of the soul is its commitment. By the choices we make and the values we embrace, we shape our own destiny. Truth is the soul's sustenance. Falsehood, or lie, is poison. it's poison. Let truth be your guiding principle, for lying disrupts the harmony of the soul. Lying disrupts the harmony of the soul. It makes the soul sick. It makes the soul sick. And if again, if you look at the advancements of how technology is going, it's making the lie so much easier and so much convincing and so much believable. You look at like, you know, with these social media apps, why is it that they put in these different filters for the photos you take to make you look better than you really are? All right? Or to make you look in a place that you're really not? Again, why? So you can look better to people when you present yourself, right? Again, it's a lie. And if now the thing that's coming up is this AI, this artificial intelligence, it's very scary. It can even make like voice and, and impersonations, you know, and very quickly. One of the fathers, they made the, this, uh, this clip, you know, as a joke, and he took like, he uploaded just a few minutes of his sermon. 
And it knew his voice and it sounded so much like his voice. What is this? It's promoting the lie, right? It's promoting the lie. Chat GPT, again, very popular kind of platform. Again, when I have an assignment in my school or my work and say, okay, I need you to write this essay. And I say, you know what? Why don't I just put it in chat GPT? Is this not a lie? This is a lie because it's not your work, right? And again, this is something that makes it very easy and accessible, right? So this is a lie. Be careful. These lies are sickness to the soul. In John chapter 8, when the Lord is speaking about Satan, he says, there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of all liars. And what happens to the liars in the end of the day? Look what he says in the book of Revelation. He says in chapter 22, the last book in the Bible, he says, but outside are dogs. Dogs are like impure, people that are impure, and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters, all the big sins maybe that we confess about. And whoever loves and not only loves and practices a lie. So the liars are among those big, those big sins that we categorize, right? Be careful of the, um, sickness of lying. The next is promotion of the ego. <clears throat> Everyone has an ego. Everyone has an ego. This is part of who we are. But what the problem is, the, is the pr uh, promotion of the ego can make it sick or can make the soul sick when I just want to promote my ego. What's wrong with promoting the ego is the focus is the self, is me. It's not anybody else, nor is it God, but it's me. And again, this was the sickness of humanity from the very beginning, from the very fall. The idea of Eve and Adam, you know, taking from the fruit to, to gain the knowledge of good and evil, said they can gain the knowledge of God and therefore not go back to Him, right? So they wanted to be the source of their own knowledge and guidance rather than going back to God. So anything that shifts this to back, so shifts the economy of the world and God's order back to me and the ego, these are these little sicknesses that torment the soul. And this is exactly how I, the Satan became Satan. It says in the Isaiah 14 about Satan, He's saying that I, Satan, will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High God. He wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted, he fed this ego. This is why when the Lord came to restore humanity, <clears throat> He tells us what? He tells us to be like children who are not concerned with the ego, who are not concerned with the self. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like little children, you by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What makes a child so beautiful is they're not concerned about me. Right? They're concerned about peace and joy and happiness and having fun. This is what they're concerned about. They're not concerned about me being better than everybody else. Only as they grow a little bit and they begin to have this competition, is where the humanity begins to show in them. So how is it that we promote ourselves? Again, I mentioned before the social media. It's all about promoting the self. Even the pictures that we take of ourselves, we call these selfies, right? When I was growing up, if I saw, if we saw somebody pointing a camera at themselves and keep shooting pictures at themselves, you know what we would say about them? We would say that they're conceited. They're full of themselves. This would be a negative thing, right? 
now this negative things in conceit has become something that's been cool and popularized and even something that is like mainstream now, right? But it wasn't like that back in the day. It was like the people that were full of themselves that did this. Acquiring possessions to gain the attention and admiration of others. I want to get something simply so somebody could say, wow, look at that bracelet. Wow, look at that necklace. Why? It's just to get the admiration of the people around us. Seeking recognition, showing off talents or gifts. And I'll, uh, if I have like a, a nice voice and I want people to compliment me, I'll make my way up maybe to the front of like the deacon chorus or I'll make myself in the front of the choir as we're sitting here chanting in front of the congregation. I'll put myself in the front so people hear me and begin to praise Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Beware of the sickness of the ego. The fifth one is the external beauty. <clears throat> and this beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar, dollar industry. When I'm speaking about this external beauty, I'm not speaking about hygiene because this is something that's necessary and we all need this. But I'm speaking about the over-excessive you know, um, 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 pro, uh, overly like concerned about how I look on the outside, whether male or female, of course. Look what uh, Proverbs says. He says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Beauty is passing. No one stays young forever. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And again, what's the idea or what's the goal of being overly concerned with external beauty. Again, it's about the admiration of the other people, getting people to recognize me, to take notice, to stand out among everyone else. It's seeking this self-glorification. If we look at um, when St. Paul was speaking about the head coverings in 1 Corinthians 11, he says that uh, if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. So the long hair is like a woman's glory. And when he instructs the woman to cover her head when she stands before God and in prayer, what is this saying? That I'm going to cover what God has given me for my glory so his glory may be the center. So his glory may be the center and my center. Right? I focus on his glory and not uh, my own. And in Ezekiel he warns us, he says, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for your, uh, for the sake of your splendor. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. When my focus is the external, then I corrupt the internal. And this was exactly what the Lord even reprimanded the Pharisees about. He says, first, before you make the outside of the cup and dish look pretty and look nice, focus on the inside. Clean the inside. So when you clean the outside, the whole cup is presentable and clean. Then St. Peter, who was one of the three that were really close to the Lord Jesus. He showed us a little bit about something that the Lord Jesus told him on the side, perhaps. He says uh, in First uh, Peter 3, Do not let your adornment be merely outwardly, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with an incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. How did you know that this is very precious in the sight of God? Certainly the Lord had told him, this is very precious. This quiet and gentle spirit is very precious in the sight of God. Lastly, the last um, sickness of the soul 
um, is position and power. And if we look at anybody who was the who are the strongest rulers in history, their power came to an end. Everything will come to an end. All authority and power will come to an end. The desire for power and authority will poison a soul, even in service. Even in service. If I desire power and authority and service, this will corrupt my soul and corrupt the service as a whole. Look at the disciples. They fought among themselves about who it is that would be the greatest. And look, when the Lord heard that, He said to them, what, is, uh, what was it that you were disputing among yourselves on the road? And look, it says what Saint uh, Mark tells us, but they kept silent for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. Then when they sat down, the Lord called the twelve to them and He said, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. He says, don't dispute on who's going to be the greatest because this is poison for the soul. This is poison for the soul. You do our job and whoever is responsible for appointing, who's leading and who's following, they will do this. But you do your job. You focus on serving and uh, the others, not about promoting one's self. If you remember the passage of Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, when he saw um, St. Peter and the apostles performing uh, miracles and when they put their hands on the believers and they received the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues, he left his sorcery, burned his books and was baptized and became a follower. Then as he's following, um, he goes to St. Peter and he says to him, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So although he had the sorcery and had this power and authority, and he saw their power which is greater than his, he says, you know, I'll be like them. But this, the sickness of the soul was still there. He still wanted this power and authority. So he thought he can purchase with money this gift of the Holy Spirit. Then St. Peter responded to him and said, Repent therefore for this your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So this desire of position and power can be a poison to the soul. Again, when you work in your companies, when you're a student, your goal is to fulfill 100% of your um, uh, what's required of you. It's not about who am I going to be better than, who should I step on to get where I want to be. No. You do your job 100%. And if those who are above you see that you deserve a promotion, let it be so. If not, I'm going to fulfill my duties at 100% with honesty and integrity. Right? The Lord warned us today not to labor for the food which perishes because this perishing food acts like sickness to the soul. And we spoke about money, about the passions, about lies, about promotion of the ego, the external beauty, and uh, the, the power or the desire for power and position. May God grant us during this you know, liturgy to reflect on our life and see if there are any of these small poisons of food in our life that we need to eradicate and stop. May God be glorified in His church and in you all. Glory be to God forever. Amen.